Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. Today, I have a special treat for you. I'm going to let you guys listen to the Shabbat message from June 6th. 2020, uh, where Pastor talks about after a plague, there are great opportunities. Now, I know you'll be blessed by this, so listen in, and uh, hopefully you get to take advantage of an opportunity after the plague we have just experienced. I actually had the uh, opportunity to spend a lot of time with the Lord, praying, reading the Bible, different things. How many there's a lot of changes taking place in the earth today? There's just things that are happening that are so bizarre, like, wow, I never saw that coming. Amen. I never thought I would see the day where I literally couldn't get toilet paper at Walmart. I never saw it coming. God never gave me discernment, you know, but thank God we had a surplus in each of the bathrooms for a season. Then the Attilies saved us. I opened up my door and there was toilet paper. I've never been so happy in my life. Can you imagine that? Dancing and shouting, praise the Lord, over toilet paper. So after a plague, there are great opportunities. You know, so many times we're so down and out, and we're just, we see all this negativity and different things, and it wears on us. You know, I think for the first time in my life that I can think of, I didn't watch the news yesterday. Uh, I came home from the church office and everything, and I guess I had watched the news the day before a little bit, but it was so disheartening. It was so negative. It was so dark. I just refused to, to watch the news yesterday uh, on PBS from like 6 to 6.30, then ABC World News with David Muir. And that hour of window of opportunity was like for, to watch the news. But yesterday, I just didn't watch it. Did everybody understand that? Yes, Lord. They're going to stop watching the news too. No. I guess, you know, it's so funny, you know, my dad used to watch the news, and I thought, wow, that's really boring, and now I like to watch the news, so the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. But uh, after a plague, there are great opportunities. So I went in the scriptures, I began to look at the different plagues in the Bible, all the different plagues. And, and, I, and I came up with this teaching, and I really want to encourage you, you know, it's kind of like, is the glass half full? Or is the glass half empty? So this is, this is also academia as well. But I believe the glass is half full. Any, any half full glasses here? Okay, good. Because here's the thing. It's our nature to be negative. It's real easy to be negative and sarcastic at different things, you know. But like I said, you know, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So remember... Remember what I said before the coronavirus? I said a few things, but one of the things I said was, God creates circumstances to do what? To get to his children, to make things happen, to get your attention, to kind of force his hand a little bit, saying, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to corral you this way. So what's happening here at Beit Tehila is we're going to find out what God is going to do with this group of people. We, as individuals, 
we come in here and we make up a community. And so what is God going to do with the Beit Tehillah community? What is he going to do with this group of people? It is outstanding. So I want to share with you that great opportunities are coming to Beit Tehillah. Uh, and this is something that I discovered as, as I was studying this and reading this. And uh, thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. So did you see that? You have not because you asked not. Oh, I want to ask to stop the rain. I do. I don't want to be a wet rat. I pray that at theme parks. I don't want to be a wet rat. Make that go away. Make that rain go away. So I'm going to say it again. After a plague, there are what? Great opportunities. Are you part of the house of Israel? Okay, let's make sure. Come on. Thank you, Lord. I'm trying to win them over. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm encouraged. I am so encouraged in the Lord, really and truly. I mean, I could go on and on, all the praise reports from Baked Day and all the cool stuff that's happening and different vendors that have come in here and worked that I've just ministered to them and different things, just incredible things that are happening. So are, are you guys ready? Here we go. You're going to love this. I'm t- if you don't love this, I'm going to give you your money back. I'm going to give you your money back and just see Kathy. All right, here we go. Now, what's going to happen is I'm going to show you the plague. Oh, oh. But then the opportunity, yay. Oh, hey. Come on. Help me out, Ryan. All right, here's the plague. In Genesis 12, 17, it consists of God plagued Pharaoh because he took Sarai, who was Abram's wife. Now, I'm giving you some examples here how it plays out. Uh, Individual plagues uh, happening to people or a corporate plague. But anyway, uh, and and just want to reiterate this. I didn't put this up on a slide, but as I was really studying and and researching and and praying and seeking the Lord for this coronavirus plague, there's three reasons for a plague, if you want to write this down. There are three reasons why you'll see a plague in the earth today. Number one, because of lawlessness. Okay. Number two... There's a breakdown of divine order or the chain of command. And this is where we have, like, when you're against authority, a plague can come. Okay? Uh, And last but not least, a a plague will come on the people if there's disobedience. Disobedience. So so keep that in mind as we move forward. Amen? And, And the thing that got me the most when I... It's so interesting that God usually goes over the top for me, and, and he doesn't really need to a lot of times to prove something or show something, but he'll reiterate it. Like, you know, I, I taught on the plague, and then I had, like this, I had the flu for two weeks. And, and it wasn't that God was punishing me or anything, but it's like I really had to go through it. I wasn't feeling well, and I even took the coronavirus test, and it came back negative. But, but what I want to tell all of you is that the plague is real, okay? And so with that... I learned that God was using plagues to chastise his own children. And so the debate today, the argument is, is this plague from God, or is it the devil, or is it bat soup, or is it a lab? Listen, it doesn't matter. Because here's the thing. Either God ordains it, or he allows it. Okay? Now, we get a little too big for our britches. The plague, coronavirus plague, it's humbled me. It really has humbled me. And I really, 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 really fear God now more than ever. So if he's going to chastise his children through a plague, what is he going to do to the world? He doesn't want anyone to perish. 
you know, because see, the plague messed up everybody's life. The coronavirus messed up everything. There's no March Madness for college basketball. First time the Olympics have ever been canceled. Okay, economically, psychologically, everything was affected. The world was affected by the coronavirus. So we, we realized that, hey, you know, I'm not God. He's sovereign. We're out. Everything shut down, right? Everything. And so we have, to, we have to think about that. So what about the opportunity? Well, here comes the opportunity. It's in Genesis, Genesis chapter 13, verses 14 through 18. For the sake of time and having small children in our service today, I'm going to speed along here because you're going to get the, the main teaching here. <clears throat> well, God reiterates the promise of land and descendants. Right? God reiterates the promise of the land and descendants. Now listen, I have my PowerPoint <clears throat> teachings, thanks to Sarah. And if you would like to have my PowerPoint teachings, just get on the list and say, I would like to have Pastor Nick's PowerPoint teachings every week, and we will send them to you, okay? Because it's an awesome study. I'm telling you, I've spent hours studying about the plagues and stuff. I, I should work in a lab like Mike, but I don't want to. So the first thing that God promised Abram was what, everybody? Land. First thing he promised, and I said Abram, is land. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. So let me ask all of you a question. And I throw this out to all of my evangelicals and, and all the Christians and my pastor. I just throw this out to them. I say, listen, are you the seed of Abraham? They're like, yes, I'm in Christ. Therefore, I am the seed of Abraham. And I ask them, then why don't you care about the land? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, hear me out on this. There's a lot of ignorance, and people have a free will. But if God is promising you the land of Israel, a piece of the rock, why wouldn't you want to take it? Now, I'm going to share something right now. It's a download from the third heaven. I'm going to share something. Why, as you as a Christian, want to alter God's purpose? God wants to give the Christians the land, just like the promises he made to the Jewish people. Are you guys hearing me out? That's why there was a breach of promise, and, and God took out the ten bad spies, because there was a breach of promise. It means you altered my purpose. So what happens with the enemy and he enters people's hearts? Like, oh, well, you can't be Israel because you're not Jewish. Boom, that person has altered God's purpose. He says, no, you're grafted in. You don't have to be Jewish. But the enemy wants to alter the purpose of God, keep our, keep our focus and our eyes away from Israel and the Jewish people and Jerusalem. Oh, that place isn't safe. Listen, Lithia Pinecrest isn't safe. It wasn't for that possum. You guys laugh. Listen, I'm just sharing the thoughts that cross my mind every day, and I try to reason with God because he says, come, let us reason together. But see, really, none of us have really changed. We just look at things differently. See, I can, I can, I can look at things like a sheep, and now I can look at things like a shepherd. I can look at things like a Christian that's spirit-filled, and now I can look at myself like a Hebrew costal. My paradigm has changed, the way I look at things. And that's why the way that God looks at things, we don't look the same way. You know, God thinks more highly of you than you do yourself. 
Amen? So I, I, I wanna, I'm putting a challenge out to you. See, the lie to the evangelicals is that we got to stay away from Israel and the Jewish people in Jerusalem because there's going to be a temple and the Antichrist is going to say, we need to stay away from that and we're going to be raptured and all these things. And that's the paradigm that's been forced on us. But it's not true. As Christians, we should be running to Israel, running to the Jewish people. Do you guys see where we've been duped? We've been duped. That's That's racism. That's racism. Really? Really? So the Jews don't have Jesus, so you mistreat them? Right? They don't have Jesus. So you're going to say stay away from them because, oh, they don't have Jesus, but yet your family doesn't have Jesus, coworkers don't have Jesus. That's racism. That's a prejudice. It's quiet in here. There's a kind of hush all over the room tonight. Told you this was going to be good. So what a great opportunity. Is that, are you the descendants of Abraham? It's so funny because Abram means exalted father. Abram, A-B-R-A-M. It means exalted father. And that's how I felt when we had Josiah. Look at Josiah. That's my boy. Then all of a sudden, God changed Abram's name to Abraham, which means the father of a multitude. <laughs> see, like all of you, see, and that's what the Lord's been showing me. I'm calling my children back. They're coming out of the nations. They're coming to Beit Tehillah. I said, are there other places they could go to? Some of them. You didn't get that. Now hear me out on this. As the leader, as the spiritual leader, I believe there are three classes of people at Beit Tehillah. I really do. As, as sons and daughters of God, there's, I believe that there is, of course, the bride. I think there's the bridal party and the guests. All of you are welcome here, but let me remind you, this is a bride congregation. We are wanting to achieve to be the bride. We don't have time to criticize the church. We don't have time to criticize ministers or ministries. We only have time to prepare ourselves because we are the bride. I'm going to tell you what I'm for, not what I'm against, because I only have a small window, maybe this big now. So I'm going to take you through a progressive revelation through the scriptures. We started in Genesis. Now we're going to be moving into Exodus 11, verse 1. Here's the plague. Oh. God promises one more plague upon Pharaoh and Egypt with the death of the firstborn. It's a proclamation. Why can God do that? Because the firstborn belong to God. For those of you that are firstborns in this room, you belong to God. And if your life feels uncomfortable right now, it's because you have not risen to the responsibility of a firstborn like God wants you to. So what are you saying, Pastor Nick? Well, if the firstborn drops the ball, it can go down to the other siblings, just like Moses. Moses was the youngest, but he was chosen by God. King David, out of all of his brothers, he was the youngest, but God chose him because the other ones were not fit to fulfill the responsibilities of the firstborn. Big responsibility, isn't it? Some of you firstborns want to leave right now. The rain's going away. Now's my chance to get out of here. Why? Because I'm a firstborn. My wife's a firstborn. Pastor Steve is a firstborn. Josiah's a firstborn. See, we've got to rise up to our responsibilities. Otherwise, it's not going to be a good day. Now, we talked about this plague. Pharaoh didn't like this, by the way. 
But here's the opportunity. Woohoo! Exodus chapter 11, verses 2 and 3. Israel was to borrow jewels of silver and gold. The Lord gave Israel favor from the Egyptians. They plundered the Egyptians. Isn't that the coolest thing? Isn't it? Do you know that Egypt is trying to present a case against Israel to get back all that wealth that Israel took? Did you know that? Seriously, it's a real, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a real trial. They're, they're trying to bring it to trial. You're going to pay us back for all the stuff we gave you. No, seriously. Look it up, public records. Yeah. I need two witnesses. Ah, <laughs> oh, they're dead. You know, and I bring this to mind, too. You know, with the um, financial aid from the government, we, we took it for, as the church, and uh, we don't have to pay it back. But you know what? It's amazing. It's the first time the government has ever given funds or money to a church. Did you, did you guys know that? This is the first time the church was ever given some kind of funds or finances in a crisis. Did you know that? First time ever. So why wouldn't we take it to pay our payroll? Why wouldn't we? So for eight weeks, they paid our payroll. Because why? The Bible says you're going to plunder Egypt. What's the world? I mean, if, if you're a pastor, you say, well, we're not going to take anything. That's between you and the Lord. I said, bring it on, baby. I pay taxes. Amen? Remember Paul was getting beat up? Hey, you can't do this. Pulls out his Roman citizenship card. I'm a Roman citizen. He used it for his advantage, didn't he? You better believe it. Come on, somebody. Woo! I mean, Beit has never been better than being out of here for nine weeks. I mean, I'm telling you guys. I, I'm going to tell you, after, after being a pastor for almost 18 years, God blew my mind this year. He just he blew my mind like, whoa. He blew me totally out of the water. He said, go home. You're going to shut this church down. This church is mine. This is my deal. This is my gig. You go home and go swimming. I'm like, what? I can't do that. Seriously, go out by the pool with your kids. Go. You're going to be in the house. Get in your house. Shoo. 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 You know how hard it was for me to do that? I'm like, what am I doing? What he told me to do. And then the blessings started coming. Somebody donated a drum kit. I mean, things were just happening. It's amazing. Here we go. Exodus 12, 13, the plague. Every firstborn in each house that doesn't have the blood on the house will die. Right? So here comes this plague. If you don't have blood on the doorposts, firstborn's going to die. Whether it's Egyptian, Hebrew, does everybody understand that? That's the plague. It's a plague, the death angel, right? But here's the opportunity. Woohoo! Exodus 12 37. Israel leaves Egypt. See, this coronavirus is making people move. It's making people move. I like to move it, move it, move it. So when the cloud moves, we move. When the pillar of fire moves, we move. See, God is moving in the earth upon his people. That's why I ask you, in, in the Hebrews of the Christian faith of this movement, where is it heading? Where is it going? I know where we're going. We're going to the promised land. Are you still with me? 
Now, here are some special instructions. Now, wait a minute. Plague is the subject matter. Let's give some special instructions here in Exodus 30, verse 12. Tax for the tent or the ransom of half a shekel to avoid a plague. I'm paying. Let's all pay. You want to keep the plague out. Now, it's free will. He says you pay this ransom. You pay this tax for the tent, and and it's going to keep the plague staying. It's going to keep the plague away. It's a pretty good deal, isn't it? Now, everyone has a free will. Everyone gives towards it equally, right? Because we don't want a plague. Does anybody want a plague? Chuck, pass the plate right now. Not me, man, here. I'm sorry, that's my anointing. I don't have any cash or change because my kids took it all. They took the ransom and the tax for the tent. Went down to the little store and bought a fountain drink. This is a good word, guys. This is right out of heaven. I'm sharing something that's so relevant and so fresh, it's smoking like bread from an oven. Because why? Because you're grafted in, you're Israel. That's why I can preach this. I can teach this. Because God's bringing an opportunity to bait Tehillah. Oh, yeah, it's happening. Here we go. What about the plague? Moving on here. Exodus 32, 35. The Lord plagued the people because of the golden calf. You guys remember that? Now, idolatry led to sexual immorality. Remember, sexual immorality will always lead to idolatry. Just so you understand that principle. But in verse 28 of Exodus, I don't have it up there, but the tribe of Levi takes the sword to slay about 3,000 in regards to the golden calf. Okay? 3,000 died by the sword that were committing these these acts of lasciviousness and sexual immorality, 3,000 died. So remember in Acts 2, later on, remember, 3,000 were what? Repented, were born again, and baptized. It's a twist of fate, isn't it? Isn't that good? Isn't that good? So that's the plague, right? Oh, man, remember Moses came down with the tablets? and You remember? Remember that? Remember? He's the only one that broke all the commandments. Remember that? Was it Mel Brooks? He had like 15. We have these 10 commandments. You know what's funny? God just, he just, he's a glutton for punishment. God is sometimes. He, he said to Adam and Eve, one commandment, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from that tree. Just one little commandment, just a little sticky note. Put it in your pocket, sticky note, don't eat from that tree. So then God's like, you know what, I think you guys are doing pretty good. I'm going to give you ten commandments. Oh, 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 we didn't do good with that first one, right? We didn't do good with the first one. Ten, ah, ah. I get a little nervous, you know, like when God wants me to do something like, oh, you want me to do that? What? Ah, ah, right? The Orthodox Jews are coming to bait the healer. What? Ah, ah, what will I do with that? That's what we do. But look what happens. Exodus 34.1. Woohoo! We have uh, insurance on those commandments. God has Moses hew out two tablets of stones to replace the ones that were broken. He's the God of second chances, isn't he? I tell you guys this. Listen, God is incredible. <clears throat> do you know that as far as a homo sapien, as far as a human being, You are the reason why there is redemption and salvation in the earth today for the human race. You know there's no redemption, there's no atonement for fallen angels and Satan and demons. Do you understand that? 
And hell was created for those beings. Men choose to go there. And listen, if you don't want to love God or you don't love God, why should you be in heaven anyway? He loves you, but if you don't love him and you don't want to be with him, then you can go to another place. It's your choice, right? I think it's fair, right? My boys are talking about, you know, moving out, getting an apartment or something. I'm like, man, go for it. I need your bedrooms. I need you. Let me help you. Let me put the deposit down. I need these bedrooms. I got another girl coming. You guys laugh, but I got a plan. I got a plan. I'm secure in that plan. You guys laugh, I tell you. He's the God of second chances. I mean, think about it. He kicked us out of the garden. Now we have sickness and death. But he says, listen, you know what? I feel bad. But I'll tell you what. I'm going to marry you. I'm going to marry you. There's still sickness and death. But I just, I'm crazy about you. I'm going to marry you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you the plan. Isn't God awesome? And we did so good in that marriage covenant, didn't we? We did so well. You know, we did great. And God's like, man, these people are really messing with me now. But I'm crazy about them. I love my peeps. I love my people. I love them. I made them in my image. I just, there's something about, you know, it's like they're, you're, you're the favorite. Jewel, you're just, you're, you're his favorite. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to send my only begotten son. He's going to die for them. They're going to accept him, and I'm going to bring him back. And that's the final plan, folks. That's it. There's no other plan after that. Then we go into the spiritual laws of eternity. Imagine that. Jesus comes to rule and reign for a thousand years. Imagine that. Think about it. Have you guys thought about it? There's not going to be a new heaven and new earth after a thousand years. So I believe what Jesus is going to do, he's going to put us all in the Department of Transportation. And we're going to have to fix roads and bridges, all the things the government hasn't done. So get used to that shovel, right? Because he's got a rod. (laughs) And if you don't like the shovel, you're going to get the rod. Oh, he'll rule with a rod of iron. Oh, look at that. Tom's throwing stuff at me over here. I so enjoyed putting this together. I spent hours putting this together. I was like, I so enjoyed it. I was like, ooh, that's rough. Then I was like, ooh, that's a good opportunity. Oh, that's, oh, this is good, right? So I'm giving you hope. Actually, they say that there's medicine in the Bible, right? Moses took two tablets. Just to help you out. Let's look at the plague of leprosy in Leviticus 13 and 14. Once again, now, How many that leprosy is a plague? And, of course, we have the plague of leprosy found in Leviticus 13 and 14. And, of course, how many of that is what? The way to God, chapters 1 through 17 in Leviticus. Chapters 18 to 27 is the walk with God. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Everything's right here for you in the Bible. But Miriam, you know, she she came against authority and she got struck with what? Leprosy. Leprosy. See, the, uh, the priests were the first dermatologists in the Bible. So if you had something, hey, can, uh, can you check this out, uh, Aaron? <laughs> they were the first dermatologists. And so remember, a lot of times, like right now, a lot of people have leprosy on the inside. See? And then, of course, King Uzziah in 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verses 1 through 23, he overstepped his boundaries. He ran out of his lane because he was a king, and he wanted to be a, uh, do a priestly duty of lighting the incense. And if I'm not mistaken, go back and read the story. But he actually pressed through. He was so stubborn. He pressed through like 80 priests to, to light that incense. He was so set on doing it. You can't tell me, you know. And so he got struck with leprosy and died a leper. So I mean, that's not good. 
So leprosy would also represent disobedience. He tried to take the role of the priesthood in lighting the incense. Okay. See, God has told me to raise up uh, the next generation, build a strong community. This is my job. This is what I work on. You guys are my life. I'm not freelancing. Okay. Now, maybe I could be a Walmart greeter if I need the money, but I'm saying that I'm not freelancing. All my work is here with you in this community. I've got offers to go here and go there, and I'm like, listen, man, my community needs me. i got to be here. And some people just don't get that because they're not in a community. So let's look at this. Let's look at special instructions once again. Here are special instructions. How about you ever see those, like, amber alerts? Okay. This is an amber alert. This is a special instruction. Numbers 8.19. The Levites were given to Israel to make atonement for them so there would be no plague. Now, that's, that's some respect, isn't it? Now, if Tom's the Levite and he says, listen, man, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to talk with you. God's, you know, he wants me to be, you know, here to help you so you don't get the plague. That's why the priesthood is here. That's why clergy is needed in, in, in the world today. But the clergy is looked down upon the televangelists, the pedophiles, all these things that are going on in the church or in the Catholic faith or whatever it is. So just throw it all out. Throw the baby out with the bat. We don't need clergy. They're all wicked. They're all bad. How many of you know you hurt yourself? You know, I'm here to help you. I'm your coach. I'm your helper. I'm the one that believes in you. I want to help you to succeed. And it doesn't matter what you've done or where you're going or, or, or where you're at. I'm here to help you. Because chances are I've done worse than what you're sharing with me. So I'm just like you. God has just positioned me in this position. But I've experienced a lot of things. I've made mistakes and all these other things. So we're all on the same playing field here. Does everybody understand that? We're, we're all here. So religious leaders are to lead others to the righteousness that is found in Christ. You don't have to go there, but Daniel 12.3 says, and there will be those who will lead many to righteousness. So we need to lead people to the righteousness of Christ because I get the habit of wanting to do it all myself and look what I've done and look what I'm doing, and it's what he has done allows me to do what I get to do through him. So that's special instructions. That's good, isn't it? And guess what? We're called what? Priests a nation of priests. We should serve one another. We should help one another, encourage one another. Don't have friendly fire. Don't kick somebody when they're down. Don't expose their nakedness. Want recovery. Want intercession. Numbers 11, verses 33 and 34. The plague. Oh! The Lord plagued Israel, the mixed multitude, because they lusted for flesh, and so he gave them quail. Be careful what you ask for. You might get it. There's the plague, right? He gave them quail. Here's the opportunity. Numbers 13, verses 1 through 3, and Deuteronomy uh, chapter 1, verses 21 through 24. Here's the opportunity. The Lord allowed Israel to send 12 leaders representing each tribe to search out the land. Does everybody know that story? It's coming up next week. Isn't that interesting? It's coming next week. Next, this Monday night, this Torah study is going to be rocking about the 12 spies. So hear me out on this. And this is what's playing out right now in the world. Even your family or coworkers or whoever it is that's trying to pull you down or dissuade you. God sent those spies in the land like tourists. And they had fast passes, free parking, all you can eat, all you could drink. Dream day. So they were supposed to go on the land and scout it out and think, 
wow, look at this and look at that. You know, it's like, you know, when they came back, they're like, you know, the spies were like, oh my gosh, there's giants and there's walls. They finally built those walls. And then the other, the other spies, all positive, he's like, did you see the size of those grapes? See, it's how you look at things. And so what do people do? To, oh, you, you want to live in Israel? You want to go to Israel? That's not safe. You're altering God's purpose. I'm telling you, it's playing out again. And I'm like, listen, you can argue with me all you want. You're not going. I know that. And that's good because I'm going to get your portion. You don't have to. I got, I got a lot of kids. I, I need a big farm. Listen, we all have to live somewhere. My kids laugh at me all the time. We'll be driving around Brandon. I'll say, hey, I live there. And I live there. We'll be driving. Daddy, you lived everywhere. I said, yeah, I did. I was like a gypsy. I was a gypsy. And by the way, they came back with a bad report. See, the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement is nothing but good, but it's been hijacked. There's false doctrines. There's strife. There's all this stuff. It shouldn't be. Do you know that we're being restored and regathered? Did you know that? You can't mess this up, folks. It's the beauty of it all. You're not doing it right. Well, I'm sorry. I've had people tell me, how could you lead, you know, a Messianic congregation? How could you lead this congregation in, in Hebrew roots? I'm like, well, why don't you come and sit on the front row with me and help me? How could you lead? You're a non-Jew. How could you say that? How, you're, you're Israel. I'm grafted in. Take it up with Jesus. He's the root, right? Take it up with him. Trying to tell me who I am and who I'm not. It's crazy. And it's funny, those that argue with you don't want nothing to do with this stuff. Have you noticed that? Hey, you, you know, well, you know, celebrating the feast days and not eating pork chops. Shame on you. I'm going to go celebrate Halloween. I got some pork rinds. They don't care. They don't care. What do you care what they care? I care about what I'm celebrating and eating. I care. You could do whatever you want. Moving on. Numbers 1437. I got to move quicker. Numbers 1437. The plague. Oh, man. Oh. The ten leaders who gave an evil report died by the plague before the Lord, and there was a breach of promise right there in the Hebrew. Look what it says. Altering of my purpose. I had somebody challenge me about the two houses of Ephraim and Judah, and how dare you replace my theology, and you're, you're just replacing the... I said, no, let me ask you a question. Just stop right there. Let me ask you a question. Do you think the whole house of Israel is made up of nothing but Jews? To this day, they've never answered that question. What do you do with Joseph's coat of many colors? What do you do with all the nations and ethnic groups? Amen. What do you do with Baskin Robbins. That's it. You have too many flavors. We're going to do just vanilla. But God loves variety, doesn't he? You guys are like a buffet. It's a buffet. Ruth was a Moabite grafted in. Boom! Rahab the harlot. Boy, she's got a great resume. So here we have it. That's the plague. Right? 
But here's the opportunity. Numbers 14, verses 20 through 32. The Lord promised that those 19 and younger would enter the promised land. Anybody 19 and younger? Woohoo! Yeah. You know you're in here. So a lot of Christians come out of Egypt or the world, but still miss out on their full inheritance that God has for them. The older generation would die in the wilderness and never enter the promised land. Do you see the opportunity? Do you see that? Let's move on. The plague, Numbers 16, verses 46 through 50. Oh, the plague. Oh, man. After Korah's rebellion and judgment, Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron. The Lord began to plague the people, and Moses instructed Aaron to intercede by running in the midst of the congregation with his censer. After Aaron received the instructions to take his censer from Moses, the plague was stayed. See, you can make a difference. Your prayers make a difference. Your prayers save lives. Your prayers lead people to salvation. Your prayers bring healing. Don't tell me you don't make a difference. God is showing me. I'm interceding now more than ever. I went to the chiropractor, and I was on that little waterbed thing, you know, and just working on my, my back that I hurt. And I, I was just and I was just praying under my breath. I was just praying just, I just started interceding. I just felt like praying for the office staff. And the lady pulls the curtain back. She goes, were you praying? I said, oh, you caught me. And I was praying for you. <laughs> I said, you're Puerto Rican, right? She goes, yes. I said, I'm praying for all the Puerto Ricans. She said, oh, okay. So anyway, you guys laugh, but it's true. This is what's happening. Peter and John and James, and, and, and they were walking through the streets. They would, they would minister to people and do things, and their shadow would heal people. This is how we are when we go out there. We're dangerous. People are waiting for you to cross their path. They've been waiting for you. We're doing the lights over here. Listen, this is so incredible, D. When you turn the switch on, all the lights come on. All of them. We were having a problem on that one strip of lights with Linda's class. She did something to the bulb because when you turn the light switch on, it turned into like this messianic disco. I said, what is she doing with these children? What are these party favors doing out here? LED. Say no to ballast. Say yes to LED. Thank you. I know you think it's not a big deal, but it is. So now this is the plague, right? Now we're looking for an opportunity, aren't we? Let's keep moving on. Let's look at number 16, verses 46 to 50. Here come the Levites. Because of Aaron's obedience, God chose the Levitical priesthood to lead the people. The Lord did this by having Aaron's rod bud, bloom, and produce almonds among all the other tribal rods. All the rods were laid out, and God says, this is what I'm going to show you. Boom! Aaron's rod gave out almonds. And Aaron's rod was placed in the Ark of the Testimony to prove his authority. Along with the tablets and manna in the Ark was Aaron's rod. Remember this, three things found in the Ark. Aaron's rod, manna, the commandments. What does that tell you? And if that's true, and the throne is the Ark, what God is saying is his kingdom, his throne has to represent three things. There has to be strong leadership to witness God's, God's kingdom. There's got to be provision. 
and there's got to be the Torah. You're not going to see the kingdom of God. You're not going to walk in the promises of God if you disrespect authority. You won't have provision, and guess what else? And you're doing your own thing. You'll never experience God like you can. Amen? That's a good word. This is good stuff. Good stuff. You don't need day-old bread, day-old messages. You don't need it. This is so good. All right, let's look at the opportunity. Woohoo! Is anybody excited? All right, Numbers 18, verses 1 and 2. The opportunity after the plague was that the Levites would bear the iniquity of the sanctuary and the people in their servanthood. They would be blessed. Why? Because they interceded. They are to carry the burden of the, the place, the building, the sanctuary, the, the tabernacle. And they are to carry the burden of the people. That's a true Levite. He takes care of the place. He takes care of the people. And if you don't like people, then you're not a priest. Now, here's the opportunity. Numbers chapter 18, verses 9 through 13. Here's the opportunity. Woo! The priest would get a portion of the sacrifices to have and to consume all the steaks they want. They would also get the best oil, wine, wheat, first fruits, etc., etc., etc. Why? Because they're serving God's people because the inheritance is the Lord. The Lord is their inheritance. When they're saying, hey, where's my 401K? Where's my mutual funds? Where's my three-week vacation? God's like, I'm your reward. Well, what's in it for me? The Lord's your reward. What more do you want? You're the inheritance of, of the Lord. The Lord is your inheritance. What more do you want? His pockets are endless. Amen? Is that a good word? Remember, he wants a nation of priests. That's what he wants from us. We're a nation of priests. Act like it. Continuing on, here's the opportunity. This serious responsibility for the Levitical priesthood to serve the tabernacle and the children of Israel brought them great blessings from the Lord. See, that's why we're sitting on a surplus in, in our offerings and tithes. Why? Because God was showing me that this is a storehouse and you're doing my bidding. I'm going to give you provision. Because he could shut this place down. He could pull the purse strings and you could have Ichabod across Beit Tehillah Tomorrow. But when God's bringing the Jews and we're paying our bills, God is in this house. I'm telling you, and I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen it. I had nothing to do with it. As long as we do his bidding, as long as we do his bidding, we care about what he cares about. He will continue to provide for us. Three famous words. Come on, somebody. Uh oh i got to go back to the plague. Oh, no. God, I don't like this. Numbers 25, verses 1 through 3. And Israel abode in Sheatim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. And they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods. And the people did eat and bow down to their gods. And Israel joined himself unto Baal Peor. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. Right at the gate to the land, just a few months, a few weeks, and they blew it. Just like the golden calf incident. Idolatry led to sexual immorality. Here, right, they put in these prominent ladies. Yes, ladies of the night. Trixie came into the camp. Trixie, Dixie, and Pixie came in right here. And they blew it. 
blew it. And, and, and what grieves me is that our culture is so sinful. It takes everything you can to remain pure and holy and good because of television and what we see with our eyes. You can't even, you know, like I said, I, I can't even watch the news. It's just so negative. And you got to protect yourself. You got you to call those shots, amen? But here we have sexual immorality led to idolatry. That's the plague. Continuing on in, in the plague, Numbers 25, verses 7 through 9, continuing on. And when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it, he rose up from among the congregation and took a javelin. Whoa! Look at that. That was, cool. that was like a special treat there. Wow. He took the javelin in his hand, and he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through, the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. So the plague was stayed from the children of Israel, and those that died in the plague were 20 and 4,000. So they're caught in the act of sexual immorality right in front of the entrance to the tent of the meeting. It was in your face blatant. We don't see that today, do we? Like Christians are bigots because we believe marriage is between a man and a woman. We're just following natural laws, folks. If you take the sin of homosexuality or being a lesbian and you, you take yourself and, and you live in that lifestyle, you can never reproduce. You have to go back to the original model of natural love to even continue to do your sin. Boy, that'll preach. Even nature teaches us what is right and what is wrong. It's just the way it is. That's the plague, right? But here's the opportunity for Phineas, boy. Woohoo, Pincus. The opportunity for Phineas or Pincus, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron the priest, was that God made a covenant of peace with him, for he was zealous. I'm not saying to go out there and take matters in your own hands, but he did what he felt was right, and God blessed him. Because look at the opportunity. What did he get? Covenant of peace? Did he get a covenant of peace? So what he did was right in the eyes of God at that time. Like we got to go along with everything. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't have to go along with everything. You got to stand up for righteousness. You got to do what is right. Come on. You know, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. It doesn't mean that they're perfect, that they're totally zealous, but that simply means, and let me help you paraphrase it, they want to do what is right. They want to do what is good. And I think we should all have that. Amen? So continuing on, well, because of this, what do we have? We have this opportunity, right? What is it? Joshua chapter 4, verses 15 through 17. The opportunity for the children of Israel after the second census was that they were finally going to enter the promised land. Pretty cool, huh? So you see how everything's building up? This coronavirus worldwide, it's a marker that God is getting ready to create some incredible opportunities for those that love him, for those that are his sons and daughters, for those that are the true worshipers of God. He has an incredible opportunity for you if you want it. I want it. I'm a competitive person. I'm very competitive. I, I'm seeking this for myself as well, everyone, and I have my family and all of you, but I guarantee you if God's going to offer me one of the promises that he's been given, I'm taking it. Amen. What about 1 Samuel chapter 4? There's some interesting stuff in there. Let's look at the plague. Oh, no. But it's okay because it's, it's on the Philistines. The Lord plagued all of the Philistine men with 
emeralds, which is hemorrhoids, in their secret parts. For taking the ark after defeating the children of Israel, the children of Israel were defeated because of their idolatry. So you can go back and read this story. It's quite fascinating. The Lord played all of the Philistines with hemorrhoids. And so that's why you have Preparation H today. Now, I'm just reading the Bible. These are real stories. I know, you're like, I can't believe he said that. I didn't say it. I mean, it's, it's here. Well, what are you reading? Screw up your life, People magazine? I mean, what are you reading? I'm reading the Bible. I don't want hemorrhoids. But here's the opportunity. Woohoo! 1 Samuel 7, verse 1 and Verses 11 through 13. The opportunity was that the children of Israel would get the ark back and defeat the Philistines. Woo-hoo, woo-hoo-hoo. Well, that's a great opportunity. Just like Giovanni was sharing, right? It's a boxing match. You get knocked down in that round, boom, you jump back up. Or you have a rematch. Rematch. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he can still get up. I'm going to move on here. I'm taking too much time. <clears throat> Uh-oh, here we go. The plague. Second ah. Samuel 24, verses 1 through 16. King David took a census of the people, and this went against the Lord. The Lord gave King David three choices to choose from in regards to his punishment, and he chose a plague that would last for three days. The plague took the lives of 70,000 men. Now, his three choices were either, you know, be pursued by his enemies for three months relentlessly, a famine for seven years, or a plague on the people. He chose a plague on the people, and God says, I'll grant you that. 70,000 people died because of that. He went outside the will of God. But look, here's the opportunity. Woohoo! 2 Samuel 24, verses 17 through 25. King David wanted to build an altar to stay the plague. King David was able to buy the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite, which later would become the Temple Mount, and his son Solomon would build a temple for God there. Boy, ain't that a good news? Is that good? And the Temple Mount's a big deal, isn't it? As Christians, you should want to pray for that temple to go up. Okay? You should want to pray for the next temple. It's not a bad thing. Amen? we got to grow up. So, so King David did that, 70,000 died, but he bought the threshing floor, and now that's where we have the current Temple Mount. Would you say that's a great opportunity? Now, I'm, I'm sharing a template. I'm sharing with you principles. So when you think about this, think about the principle. Are you guys ready? Here we go. Here's the plague. Oh, no. 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 37 and 38. Solomon's prayer at the dedication of the temple during the Feast of Tabernacles declares that every man has a plague of his own heart. He should spread forth his hands toward the temple. That's what Solomon's prayer is. Now, that's the plague, isn't it? That's the plague, right? But what about the opportunity for this? Here's the opportunity. Woohoo! 1 Kings 8, verses 39 through 43. God promises to forgive each man the plague of his own heart and even the stranger among the children of Israel. So what are you saying, Pastor Nick? Remember, there's three things that are needed to build a successful community or a church. It's a place, it's personnel, and it's a process. Write it down. Write it down. Because if you're not doing those three things, if you don't know those three things, you are wandering and you are lost. But I still haven't found 
what I'm looking for. I'm just going to tell you the truth. That was the vow I made to the Lord. You want me to be the pastor? You want me to lead these people? I make a vow, Lord. Whatever you tell me, I will tell them. I will tell the truth no matter what, even if it hurts. I will always tell the truth. I will always tell the truth. Why? Because he's telling it to me personally. I can't put on you what I don't walk out. So that's why you guys went, you need to do this. And I said, no, I got enough on me. I'm not putting that on you. Right? Right? We're, we're almost done here. So this word plague means a mark. So see, we have this, that's why we need a circumcised heart. He cuts away those things that don't need to be there. That's where surrender comes in. You trust, you surrender, then you get this, you know, incredible transformation. I love three, it's divine, it's of the Lord. I give these three things to you all the time. But once again, remember that. This is pretty cool. And, and so, so like I said, when, when I got this revelation, it was after Passover. The Lord says, you've got a plague in your heart. And it's not the coronavirus. You need to lift up holy hands and pray towards Jerusalem. And I was like, whoop, boom. That was in one of my teachings, remember that? So the revelation becomes what? It becomes an action. Why? Because look up, your redemption draweth near. But when you're looking up, face east. In Hosea 13, 14, we have this word plague. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. Now, O death, where is thy sting? Now, this is the, the half tour when Pastor Randy went to be with the Lord. He departed his Genesis. It's when Jacob was what going to, to, to get a wife. But uh, the thing is, if you, if you study the half tour for that, it's, it's in Hosea. It's, O death, where is thy sting? And where do we get this? But in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 53 through 56, and here's the opportunity. O death, where is thy sting? Remember Adam and Eve fell? There was death and sickness. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Meaning that the Torah teaches us what is sin. You can't take away the instruction booklet. you got to keep the instruction booklet. And it instructs us. Why would you think the Torah has been done away with if it tells you what sin is and it instructs you, what instruction booklet do you have? We're going to finish up here. Are you guys with me? Listen, pray about this. Go home. I'm, I'm shaken from this. I'm totally shaken at my core. I mean, I, I fear, the, I'm at a loss for even worse in his presence that he has shown me this and that something's coming for us. And it's good. Future plagues. Future plagues. We're going to finish up with this. Let's look at Zechariah 14, verses 12 through 19. What are you saying, Pastor Nick? This, this coronavirus is just the beginning of what's going to unfold in the earth. But it's not bad news because you're on the other side. Check this out. And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Ooh, you don't want to pick that battle. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. And it shall come to pass in that day that a great tumult from the Lord shall be among them, and they shall lay hold everyone on the hand of his neighbor, and his hand shall rise up against the hand of his neighbor. Keep, keep reading. 
And Judah also shall fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the heathen round about shall be gathered together, gold and silver and apparel in great abundance, and so shall be the plague of the horse, of the mule, of the camel, and of the donkey, and of all the beasts that shall be in these tents as this plague. Wow. He's going to put a plague on the nations that come against Jerusalem. Do you guys see that? Do you see it? Let's keep reading. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of tabernacles. And it shall be that whoso will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. Continuing on, verse 18 of Zechariah 14. And if the family of Egypt go not up, and come not that have no rain, there shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite the heathen that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. This shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all nations that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Is that a future reference? Do you love the Feast of Tabernacles? Do you want to go up to the feast days? Yes. This should put the fear of God in your spirit. You should shake off those shackles of the flesh and your complacency and say, I'm going to make an action. I'm going to take action in my personal life. I'm going to fear God. That's the future. Now, you can dissect it and look at it, how it's all going to play out. All nations are going to come against Israel. We're going to finish up with Revelation. I'm just going to highlight some, some references in the book of Revelation in regards to plagues. Revelation 9.20. Read along with me. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Now, I don't want to take anything out of context. I'm not going to develop a Revelation story here, but I'm just telling you that look how ugly the people are after a plague. Acting like fools and idiots. Thousands have died. It's affected the whole world. And we're seeing more lawlessness now than ever before. And look at this verse. They're still blaspheming and committing sins. Two witnesses in Revelation eleven six. 6. These have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. And have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. I believe in the pan theory when it comes to the rapture. It's all going to pan out. I believe we're going to witness everything on the earth. So what is that telling you? It's going to be all around us. The seven plagues in Revelation 15 verses 1, it says, oh my gosh, seven plagues? What? And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. Well, I don't, I don't believe this plague is from God. You need to grow up. You need to wake up. Because what do you do with this? He's telling you in Revelation, he's going to bring plagues. Who are we to say, you can't do that? 
Watch me. You know, a plague leaves a mark. Did you know that? It means to leave a mark. Do some of you have chicken pox marks? I know my son, Josiah. Remember Josiah? Josiah's like, yeah. Blames me for it. I didn't do it. Leaves a mark, doesn't it? And the seven angels came out of the temple having the seven plagues. They're coming out of the temple with seven plagues. That's not a Chinese lab. It was made in a lab. (laughs) Bad soup. It's bad soup. Come on, people. Fear God. When you leave here, fear him. Get your house in order because he's going to clean house. He's cleaning house in here. He is not going to have rebellion and disrespect and stubbornness in here, man. We need to bow before the living God. Clothed in pure and white linen and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. You can read this for yourself. Seven plagues, Revelation 15, 8, almost done. And the seven angels came out of the temple having the seven plagues, clothed in pure and white linen and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. Do you guys see that? I think it's the same verse. Wow, I get to repeat it. We're almost done. I mean, listen, this doesn't sound good. The seven plagues. I mean, we just got over the coronavirus. We're still getting over it, right? And now we're talking about the seven plagues? Come on, enough's enough. No, God says, no, it's not. Because look what we have now. Seven vials of wrath. Revelation 16, 9, and men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. You know, because of this plague, I've had to make some changes in my life. You better believe that's right. What the Holy Spirit was showing me and guiding me through this coronavirus, he, he, he showed me some things. And you better believe I'm doing it. You better believe I'm doing it. Look, look, look what it says here. And, the men, and men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God, look, look, which hath power over these plagues. So who's in control of the plagues? God is in control of the plagues. We live in a society, a lot of people don't even believe in God. We believe that he exists and that he can put a plague on you. That's going to mess up your day. What about Revelation 16, 21, in hail? And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent, and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail. For the plague thereof was exceeding great. What's it going to take to get, get our attention? He's got my attention. Let me tell you something. We're almost done. Revelation 18, verses 4 and 8. Check this out. How about plagues? And I heard another voice from heaven, oh no, saying, come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins and that ye receive not of her plagues. So see, there's more coming. You don't have to be fearful for the plague. You're a son and daughter of the commandments of God, amen? Come out of her, the Babylonian system of confusion and false religion. Do some of you feel like you're confused and you're you're living in a fog? That's not God. That's the spirit of Babylon. 
I had to have a conversation with some people this week that really are not in community. And they're struggling. And the Lord gave me a word, and I gave it to them. They kind of looked at me and eh, rubbernecked me. I said, if you would just get in a community and begin tithing and getting with other people, I said, I believe that this will churn your life. I believe this is a word from the Lord. And they just kind of want to look over this way. Like, I don't want to hear that. You're sharing me some problems and issues that you're having, and I just gave you the answer. I know, and you know what? I've never been freer than to have a board and all of my leadership and the checks. I've never had more liberty in my life than having that, than running around just doing what I want to do. Even our government has three branches. Amen? I'm trying to help you guys. Because we get attitudes and we don't want to submit. You know what submission means? It means to get under and support. So if I say to you, a strong community, let's raise up the next generation, that's a good deal, isn't it? Don't you want your kids to know the Lord? Don't you want to give them a chance to be born again and baptized in water and filled with the Holy Spirit and have the torch? Isn't that what you want for your kids? Well, then why don't you start living it? Why are you waiting for them, putting it all on them when you're not even doing it? It's funny, we don't have childcare. I'm gonna let the parents do their job. I don't care anymore. Why should I worry? I, it's out of my hands. I can't have childcare right now. Be a parent. Be parents. Thank God you got a crying baby. Just go out there in the lobby, then bring them back around. Amen. Praise God. God creates things to get you out of your complacency. It's not my fault. Amen. You better be glad you got purple chairs because the original model of tabernacle and temple, there's no seats. So don't give me a hard time. We're almost done. I, listen, I'm still shaking over this. Because why? Because this coronavirus was horrible. Seriously, to suffocate? That you can't breathe anymore and your breath is gone? That's a horrible way to die. And now I've got to share these verses in Revelation for what's coming. But look, New Jerusalem, Revelation 21.9. We, we, we've went from Genesis to Revelation. And if you want, I'll throw in a few maps. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day. In one day, plagues are going to come. Death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. What's he judging? The whore of Babylon, Babylonian spirit, chaos, confusion, false religion. In one day. Last verse, Revelation 22, 18. And I would say that you can go to Sweet Tomatoes after this, but they shut it down. I know we'll have a morning service next week. Revelation 22, 18. My goodness, this word plague all the way up to the end of the book. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. So if you want to come against God, you want to come against his plan, you want to be critical, be looking for a plague in your life. So do you see how God is sovereign? But the opportunities are coming to bait to heal everybody. The wallers are coming. Hi, Yovel. You know, I was just thinking about, and, and, and God's really put a love for Judea and Samaria even in my heart, but, you know, I'm here and everything. <clears throat> but I was thinking about Yeshua when he ascended. He gave some instructions, and he says this in, in, in closing, Acts 1.8, 
but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. Both in, he starts off with Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, you'll be my witnesses. That's why Hayovel's there. And unto the uttermost part of the earth, why mama? Why mama? Listen, my wife and I, we want to thank all of you for your giving, for participating. You know, I have this little saying, just give me two hours a month. But listen, this place is rocking. There's incredible things happening here. And even in our prayer meetings, Monday from 10 to 12, I'm sitting and God is downloading all this cool stuff to me. All these blessings, all this cool stuff, all this awesome, awesome stuff. So Father, thank you that Yeshua is our healer. We pray for those right now that are affected by the coronavirus, Father. We are to make intercession, and we know that there's a healer in the house. His name is Yeshua HaMashiach of Nazareth, and we pray for all those people that are sick with the coronavirus, that you would heal them, Father. You would be the God of second chances. You would not take them, but they would have a testimony. You would receive all the glory, honor, and praise. Father, right now, we come against the spirit of lawlessness. It shall not come near us. We come against these, these protesters that are causing harm and violence. We bind them in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. We pray that we, you once again loose the angels, and you give us provision, provision and protection right now, Father, from this, because we serve a lawful God. We are a lawful people. We are not lawless. And so, Father, once again, thank you for this incredible opportunity. We pray traveling mercies over, over Tommy Waller and Sherry Waller and the three children that are coming, Father. And we just want to thank you for what's coming. We make intercession this week for here a great message and to give us a great direction. And we ask this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody.